0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now, join us as we receive the Word of God.
1: While you're turning there, when I when I was working for the Home Depot, the Expo, I had a uh, a district manager that was from Louisiana, and he wasn't. Uh, he, he I think his background was Baptist, if I remember. But you know, the Baptists and the Pentecostals they kind of all mix in Louisiana. They kind of just with one another. They don't. And so he had this bad habit and he would say let me ask you a question instead of ask you say ask you a question and i'd say well are you talking about the book of acts and he so i finally broke him of it in front of me he got tired of me asking me bible stuff so he would say can i ask you a question acts chapter 5 uh as you're holding there we're going to look at verses 12 through 29 but when, when you look in exodus chapter 15 <laughs> pardon me y'all pray for me that i had jude out this week and we were riding around on the tractors he loves that and so we go by one of the cedar trees out there and there's green ones and there's yellow ones and you don't touch the yellow ones and he just swatted it and that pollen went all over me and i'm still got the residual from it he laughed he had a great time and he he didn't bother him but it's so in, in, in Exodus chapter 15, we know that the, the Lord had brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea. And when you read in Exodus 15, the Bible says they actually sang a song to the Lord as they came to the other side. Uh, and here's the song they sing. I, I will sing to the Lord. He, he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has been uh, my salvation. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army. This is a song now. They're singing. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies. Sometimes don't you want to just sing a song to the enemy? You want to just stand up and say, let me sing you a little song, devil. The Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he is cast into the sea. And aren't you glad I'm not singing this? Aren't you glad I'm reading? His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. What a song. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power, and your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemies in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath, which consumed them, like stubble and in, in verse 15 of that same chapter who is like you O lord among the gods who's like you glorious in holiness fearful in praise doing wonder now what a song now i know that doesn't rhyme and i can't imagine how they were singing it you know the, if you've ever watched the jewish culture they they somehow make it work it d- doesn't rhyme a bit but it, but it works and the, you, know, you get the story uh, the whole thing about that is this. There's no one like our God. No one. And in Acts 5, we're going to talk about the display of power that God did. Uh, what, what can we say about the power of God? There's, I mean, we could talk for hours here about the power of God. So uh, when we look at Acts chapter 5 here, we're just going to read the verses and talk about them. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that happened in the book of Acts. And everybody realizes we still live in that book, correct? We're still living in the book of Acts. If you turn to the very last chapter and look at the very last verse, unlike the writings of Paul where it says, And may the Lord grace be with you, Amen. The writer Luke here has no ending because it doesn't end till Jesus comes again. Okay. So the things that are going on in, in Acts five are supposed to be happening today in our our uh in the church today. So let's let's look at verses twelve through sixteen. Acts chapter 5, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. That one accord crops up quite a bit in Scripture if you look for it. And on the day of Pentecost, is, there's, a, there's a purpose in that. Verse 13, and the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were there more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds of couches, uh, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which are vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. And this is multitudes. Do you know what a multitude is? It's a number that's... It's so vast that it's, it's in the multiplication deal. It's not an addition. It's multiplication, multitudes. Man, and verse 16, it's a kind of heal All of them were healed. The key to understanding, first of all, the working of God's power in his people is to look back at Matthew 10. There's a key to understand the working of the Holy Ghost in God's people, and it's very simple. It's, it's not hard. Matthew 10. In Matthew 10, the Bible says, Jesus gave them power. When we read in Acts, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, we've talked about that and studied about it, but the whole fact of the matter is do we realize just what happened? Jesus gave us power. Now, we know there's power, authority, and there's power, dunamis, dynamite. That's what he gave us. He gave us power. in, in, In Matthew 10, he gave them power over unclean spirits and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. The Greek word for... Here's something I found very interesting because it's right here, they they were healed of sickness and disease. The Greek word for sickness, N-O-S-O-S, is not what you think it is. It means disability or infirmity, frailty or feebleness. So he gave power over sickness. He gave them power over disability, over infirmity, which frailty? Or, now, disease is another word that we think we know what it is until we look in the Greek and find it. The Greek word for disease, M-A-L-A-K-I-A, it means innervation. The word innervation means fatigue. So he gave him power. So when you look at disease in Scripture, because I, I went back to the Old Testament to look up disease, it means, means the same thing in the Hebrew. It means fatigue. You ever been fatigued? we all have well there's a power we're given to to actually help people over fatigue innervation and calamite calam this is this is the one that blew me away the calamite there is the word for homosexual activity so the word disease means innervation or fatigue or calamite homosexual activity and so they had power to heal people so this problem has been around for a long time the homosexual activity, that problem has been around for a long time because they, ha- they needed the power of, the, of, of, of Jesus to even get people over it. So uh, this was a miraculous time of God's power to give witness to who Jesus Christ is, the story that we're reading today in Acts chapter 5. Now, if this were to happen today, what we just read, verses 12 through 16, if this were to happen today, here would be the headlines in the Houston Chronicle. Biggest paper in Houston, Houston Chronicle. M.D. Anderson emptied of all cancer patients. It says they healed every one of them. And so if this happened today, that would be the headline. M.D. Anderson emptied of all cancer patients. So what happened then we should be seeing now. What happened then we should be seeing now, even in a greater multitude. We haven't seen it yet yet. We haven't seen. I'm to put, I'm going to put. We haven't seen it yet. It's coming. Here's the question: Between then and now, some two thousand years, did God give up some of His power? Did He? Okay. Did He go on vacation? You know how the prophet jeered the prophets. Well, maybe he went on. He's sleepy. Did God go on vacation? No, God's been doing the same. He's been doing the same work in an indefinite period. Up until now, he's been doing the same work. He's always been on the job. You know, it's not him that's missed the boat. It's that we've missed the boat, so to speak. His power not only overcame sickness, it overcame sin. When you read this, look, look at verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. So when God's power moves, we see that there, the power of God, there was healing, there was deliverance, There was, but also there were, there, there was a... A healing of the soul if you will because that's what happens when the holy ghost touches you your soul gets healed you know we look for healing in the physical but a lot of times we miss the healing in the spiritual and a lot of times we get healed in the physical but we get sick again because we haven't been healed in the physical what do i mean by that so so i've had this situation where i've had this problem and God heals, you know, he, he He heals me of the problem, but I never come to God and let Him heal me in spirit. And so, what happens? That sickness comes back because I've only halfway gotten there. And so, when you read this, here's what you're understanding: is that not only were the multitudes being healed of of spirits, of unclean spirits, and, and of sicknesses and diseases, but they were being healed spiritually, because, uh, you know, the, the 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 worst thing you can be healed from is death. That's the worst possible, I understand cancer is bad, and I understand all this stuff's bad, but the worst end of it is death for people who don't know God. And so, so, understand the story of what's happening here. People that didn't know him were getting healed physically, but they were getting healed spiritually as well. So, understanding that physical healing is great, but physical healing, listen, y'all, is temporal. Physical my hip healing is temporal. It's working for me now, but it's temporal. It's, 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 it's only going to, because number one, I'm going to lose this body eventually anyway. So it's temporal. But the healing of the soul is eternal. So F.B. Meyer, was a, he was a, a well-known preacher in uh, London, England. And he penned these words to a friend of his as he was laying close to death. He said, they tell me that I have only a few days to live. It might be that before this letter reaches you, I shall have entered the palace of the king. So he said, don't bother to write. I'll see you in the morning. So there's there's a whole we often we know we often see physical healing but it's the healing of the spirit that really makes the difference. There's a power that we're there's a power that we're missing I think in the, in the church today it's the, and it's because many of the churches evangelical however you want to look at it when they look for the healing it's the healing of the body and that's what you hear most about come come to these healing ministries come to this person that has the gift of healing come to this and this and this and that and people are looking to get their body healed when in fact it's temporal and it's and it's not the most important is it important sure but it's not the most important and the power of god works in the church when it's the spiritual healing but but In our westernized deal, we we think it's the working of the church when it's the physical. We think that's the aspect we're looking for that proves the Holy Ghost is working. I know people that have been healed of their disease that have never gone to church and don't believe in God. They got healed of their disease. Now, how be it they went to the hospital and took some drugs or this, but they got healed of their disease. So it's not the healing of a physical disease that's the proof of the power of God. Well, you're looking at me like, it's not the healing of the body physically. That's the proof of the power of God. No more than it's somebody that's joyful, that's long-suffering. That's ha- there are people that possess the fruit of the Spirit. There's not, the word's not fruits, yes, but fruit of the Spirit that are not Christians at all. They're not Christians at all. The fruit of the Spirit is not, we we talked about it a little earlier, the fruit of the Spirit is not proof of the Spirit. Paul said you ought to have these things. These are things that as a Christian, because non-Christians have this, you ought to at least have this, joy. Right? Right. There there are people, listen, there are people that that, that possess fruit of the Spirit, quote, unquote, that are Muslim. They, I, we don't like to hear that, but that's the case. It's because that's not the proof. No more than, no, no more than this. You know, I, I, I was without, and somehow this showed up at my house, and now I have it. Look how God has blessed me. Yes, God has blessed me. That doesn't prove you're a Christian. There, there were no Christians when Jesus walked the earth. None. They were first called Christians at Antioch. That's an act. There were no Christians when Jesus walked the earth. And yet Jesus healed many. No, none of that is proof of Christianity. You understand those are actions and, and 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 proofs of the ministry of Jesus. He he said, I I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. All these things, and that's what you see. And, and that's that's the problem we see in the church today is that we we lack the, uh, you know, I've come to give you life more abundantly because we, we've we now applied it to our pocket. We've now applied it to where we live. We've now applied it to what we drive. When I've come to give you life and give that more abundantly it has nothing to do with your pocket. It has nothing to do with what you're driving or where you're living. If you study that, it has nothing to do with that, abundant life. You understand that before Jesus came here, there was no life. It ended when Adam sinned. It was over. Life was over. There was no life. There was no spiritual life whatsoever until Jesus came on the scene. Then spiritual life showed back up in the world, and now we have spiritual life. That's the life more abundant. But but we've got, you know, again, I, I, I'm getting off base here. I mean, God's power also over... We understand God's power to sickness and disease. We also know that it's more important to understand this. And Pastor Don, why are you talking about this? It's because God has really been dealing with me about the church being in one mind and one accord, in unity. That means that doesn't mean we walk lockstep. That doesn't mean we goose step, nothing like that. It means that we have to believe truth and believe the same. We're not going to all believe the exact same thing. But there are basics in Scripture that if, if we don't all believe, then there's a disunity. They're basics. How to be born again. That's a basic. First thing that happens. And if you don't understand what it means to be born again, then you have have a dysfunction. uh, This is not in my notes, but we, we were talking earlier. There's a lot of people in the evangelical movement that really like the power of God, but they in no way understand what it means to receive the Holy Ghost. They don't know what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost. Well, I received the Holy Ghost when I accepted the Lord. Man, I love these things because it's where I came from. Get out your Bible. I'm ready. Get out your Bible. I'm ready. Nobody ever in Scripture ever received the Holy Ghost when they accepted the Lord. Nobody ever accepted the Lord in the Scripture. So that cuts that one off. Well, I know I received the Holy Ghost because I changed. I used to be mean and now I'm nice. That's pretty. Tell me this stuff. And, I, you know, I shouldn't be laughing at it because it's sad, because there's a misunderstanding. You know, the, the Bible tells us that there's an evidence when somebody receives the Holy Ghost, and it's not the fruit of the Spirit, and it's not the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to receive the Spirit first, the gift of the Holy Ghost, in order for the gifts of the Holy Ghost to work. And there's an evidence of the gift of the Holy Ghost that later on people misuse and First Corinthians, because they don't understand the evidence first, and so they got this whole. So y'all made me get off. Let's read verses seventeen through eighteen. Yeah, Jason, you asked me, Sunny, if I was wired up. Yeah, man, I'm. Tell, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I have been fighting devils like I've never fought in my life. They're attacking me at night. They're attacking me in my dreams. They attacked me Sunday in the pulpit. If if any couldn't see it, it was very evident. They attacked me in the pulpit. I've never, and you know why that is? We're on the right track as a church, not me as a person. We're on the right track as a church, and the devil don't like it. Yeah, he doesn't, man, and you know, here's the beauty of it, I, and I knew this all along, but at night when I wake up, when I have these these dreams, or I, if I told you these dreams, y'all put me in a mental hospital. Uh, just speak the name of Jesus, and it just all flows away. So I know we're on the right track. Verse 17, then then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which were the sect of the Sadducees, and we understand and and were filled with indignation. You would hope it, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, but no. When all this is going on, they're filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. Who would oppose people being delivered of devils, healed of the sick? Who would put people in jail for that? Huh? The sad you see? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. A lot of things going, yeah, this was the Sadducees. They were part of that religious, you know, but you know what? Here's the deal. It happened, because Jesus said this. It happened to the apostles, and just like it happened to Jesus. It happened just like, was Jesus put in prison? But it happened to him. But John 12 and 37, but though he had done so many miracles before them, just like they did today, yet they believed him not. The problem was they were, um, and here's the thing, unbelief just doesn't stem from, well, I don't believe that. It comes from indignation. Indignation is a product of it. It comes from you getting into my business. You're rocking my boat. You're not talking like I talk. You're not preaching what I preach. Indignation generally comes from the religious. Because they would not receive Jesus as Messiah, there came a day in their hearts, the Scripture says, when their hearts were hardened. They heard it, they heard it, and they heard it, and they listened, and they listened, but they never acted, and their hearts were hardened. How do we know that? Isaiah said it way back. Who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? If you keep listening and listening, listening, but you never make a move towards faith, you're going to fall into unbelief. You can sit and listen and listen and listen, but if you don't act on what you're hearing, if you don't act on your faith, because that's what faith is—the actions of what you've heard—you're going to fall into unbelief. And that's why the Sar- Sadducees and the Pharisees, you know, they when they heard Jesus, they heard Jesus. They they showed up at all his teachings because they wanted to catch him in a in a uh oh. They heard it and heard it and heard it, but they just wouldn't. Correct. Correct, yeah. They did the Sadducees didn't believe in, a, in an eternal life and life after. They had all kinds of but you know what? We have Sadducees today in our in, in actually in Christianity. We have Pharisees in Christianity. We have, that's what we've got to be careful of. So just as God's power outrages the enemies, because that's what just what you said, they saw God's power in action, outraged them. That that's not, you ever said, that's not of God. You ever heard that one? That's what I was taught. You guys, when y'all were Pentecostals and I wasn't, I was taught y'all were devils. Y'all were devils, that what you were, what you were doing is from the devil. Do you know how close that is to blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? Because blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is saying that which is of God is of Satan. Jesus said, wait a minute, dude. How can Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub? You, you guys are, man, that, that's a dangerous, cl- Let's see, I'll maybe do it again. Well, I, I'm all over the place tonight, y'all, I'm sorry. Let's look at verses 19 through 21. But the angel of the Lord, okay, they just got put in prison. The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. So they do the miracles and do all that stuff, and they get put in prison for it. And the angel gets them out at night and says, Now, go back out there and do that again. Wait, dude, could we just slip out of town? No, 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 no. Listen, there's not a prison on this earth that would have held them. Not a prison on this earth that would have held them because God had something for them to do there. And this is important to realize. There's not a prison in your life that can hold you because God has something for you to do here, 2021, in this church. Not a prison. There's not a prison that can kind of grip you. Mm-hmm. Can't hold you. Yeah. Well, if they try to give me the vaccine, I'm give them one back i g give, I've given the lead one, I guess. I, uh, no, just just kidding. It'll go out now. I'll be arrested next week. That's all right. Prison ministry. I've had a prison ministry before. No, no, nothing new? Huh? Correct. Pencil lead. Thank you. God wanted them free because God had the plan for them to spread the gospel. God wants you free because his plan is for you to spread the gospel. There's not a prison that can hold you. C- can we be put in prison? Absolutely. Could, could God get us out of it? Absolutely. See, <clears throat> we really believe we could be put in prison. It's coming. We really, But do we believe that an angel will show up, unlock the door, and tell us to go out? And by the way, once you go on back into the streets of Fort Worth and Kennedale and, and do what you were doing, which is the part we really... Yeah, yeah, you know, that's the thing, that, and that's the point I'm getting to, and thank you, is that because we, are, because we haven't experienced certain things, because we haven't experienced them, we're, we're kind of a, they're a shadow to us. They're, they're like, you know, it's kind of like when I hadn't experienced the Holy Ghost, it was weird to me, and it was like odd to me, and as a matter of fact, the devilish deal. But, you know, once you, they can do whatever they want to me it doesn't matter. There's no way they'll ever convince me that I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's no way. I experienced it. And the the experience here is just what you said, Judy. They experienced something here, and they were let out of the jail, and it it gets better. It gets better because God had them. He wanted this gospel spread, verses 21 through 25. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early and in the morning and taught. When they, the they, there's the apostles. When they heard what the angel told them to do, they went and did it and taught. But the high priest came, and they were there with him and called the council together. And all That's just like the you know, call-a-board meeting at the church. And all the senate of the, of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and said, The prison truly found what we found was shut up with all safety. In other words, the prison's just like it was when we left them. The locks were on the doors. It was all, and the keepers were standing before the doors. But when we opened it, there was nobody in there. Nobody was found. Now, when the high priest said, "Now, don't you think?" Let me stop for a second. Don't you think that you would step back and go, uh, "We might ought to rethink this deal here. Something's going on." That that would be a common. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto the, this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. While you're having your church board meeting and you're supposed to be in the temple and while you're doing all this, they're in the temple. And they're spreading the gospel while you're doing it. You see what the power of God does? It'll move the enemy out of the way. The power of God, well, there's parts of the power of God we're missing. And that's part is is that he'll move the enemy out of the way and he'll take us out of places that we don't really even recognize until we see it happen he'll take us out of places and put us in places where the enemy was, and we 'll be taking over what the enemy was trying to do we, we there's a power in us that I think we're missing uh, or we 're not realizing let's put that we're not missing it it's there we 're not realizing it and and it and it comes through this experience thing um. Uh, Listen, understand this. This is going to happen through... The ungodly are always going to plot against you. It's it's the nature of the ungodly. The problem is, these these people were, quote, unquote, not the ungodly that were doing the plotting. So understand this. There's going to be the, quote, unquote, godly that are going to plot against you as well. That doesn't seem correct, does it? doesn't seem... those There are those that seem to be religious. They're going to plot against you. When you actually preach the gospel. Now, let me stop right here. There's a lot more. Let let me read Psalm 2. And I've got 10 minutes. There's something I want to really, I'm just going to stop the lesson because something I really want to talk about. Psalm 2 says this. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Now, here's the, he that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh. That's, that's God. He's, he shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them with his sore pleasure. There, there's, I just feel the need to stop here. There's a gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. So that's one of the the foundations we need to understand. What is the good news? Jesus Jesus. crucified? Resurrected? Resurrected. Say again? Save us from our sins. sins. Redeemer? Good news, the good news. Somebody loves you? It's the good news. So when we're supposed to spread the gospel, in Acts, every time they went out to spread the gospel, what did they do? They just preached Jesus, right? They preached Jesus. One of the things that's missing in Christendom in America is the preaching of Jesus. Oh, no, I hear it every night on this and that. and that. No, they're not preaching Jesus. They're preaching min- their ministry. They're pre- and again, I won't talk about them. God told me not to talk about them. So I'm going to talk about them. But we don't preach our ministry. There's no, you know, would would there be, is there a side of Don that would say, hey, everybody give to my ministry? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Pardon? It's not my ministry. It's his and see, there's where we've missed preaching Jesus. We all have these. And I'm saying we preachers, pastors have these. Our our ministry, my ministry. That you know, it's his ministry. And just as quick as he gave it to me, if I want to take the credit, and the, he'll he'll. There are people now. No no name calling. There are people now that were that were considered here recently of great name because they were really opening up about what Christianity is really about, quote-unquote, but it was about their ministry, who now they've passed away, and that ministry is dropping like a hot rock because they found out that the person had problems in his life, serious problems. And so here's the problem. If I don't claim to have a ministry, that doesn't keep me from having serious problems. If it's my ministry, though, it's going to fall like a rock. If, if it's Jesus' ministry, my problems aren't going to cause the ministry of God to stop. You know, they, they were broadcasting Jesus Christ around the world, and now they're laying off 60% of their workforce today because now it's all dropping because it was based on the person, not the one. And so what we as the church have to realize, every single thing that we do is based on the, him, the one, not the person. Because we have our faults. If you, don't, if you don't think Pastor Don didn't have faults, Pastor Don has faults. But Pastor Don has a Holy Ghost that helps him with that. Has a, he has a, a Redeemer that's helping me be redeemed. All those things. Now, look, some of you are looking at me like, oh, Lord, he's about to unveil some crazy stuff. I've unveiled enough crazy stuff to you. But just understand, this is not Pastor Don's ministry. This is not your ministry. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ through us, and that's when the power really works. When we say God, we're, we're Steve Dake said something years ago in a prayer meeting back here that stuck with me, and that I, he said, "I'm a conduit." And man, that just stuck with me because that's what we're conduits of what God is wanting to do in our lives. And so, uh, when we when we pin into the physical. And, have, and we want the physical to happen to show Jesus Christ, we're progressing our ministry. When, when we want to see people's lives change spiritually, then we're pinning into his. It's not that he doesn't do the physical, but the point of the physical is not the action he's looking for. Jesus would rather me die of horrible disease and be his child than to be totally healed and hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you he he would rather me that's how much he loves me he he would rather now he would rather me be 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 healthy and whole and and spirit, spiritually healthy and whole but the most important is the health and and that's what the church in general uh I feel God speaking to me strongly about in my prayer and and just looking at scripture is where the church needs to go back to is that it's the ministry of Jesus Christ that's why you pe- preach that's why they preach Jesus paul 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 was a tent maker right Paul never said, come to my tent revival. Never happened. He was making a living. And so, you know, don't, don't come to, you know, have you ever been to those, heard those deals? Come to hear so-and-so preach at so-and-so. Listen, in UPC, that was big. You, <clears throat> there were certain nights at the general conference you went to hear certain people. Now, it's not bad that they were great preachers. That's not bad. But when the person's built up and not Jesus Christ, that's bad. And so what what we're, you know, the good thing about y'all's pastor (laughs) is I don't ever have to worry about that. Because I'll never be elevated or built to that. I totally understand. I, I love that. I get that. I love it because, you know what, it's Jesus that gets the glory. It's Jesus that gets the honor, and this is all about him.
0: followed you read about you read the articles bought the t-shirt is that christians can be really sneaky and get away f- get mm-hmm. away with it i've been confronted with that this week at work yeah and it's other than saying hey look we're all sinners and you know we're just people it's a really hard thing to
1: As long as as you're looking at him, it's not hard to say, I have problems. That's not hard. But when I start looking at me, then it becomes harder to say, I have problems. When I begin to present me, it becomes harder to say because, let's be honest, nobody wants to follow somebody that has problems.
2: We conflate the message with the messenger. God anointed people that were skunks. Yeah. But he didn't bless them. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like in this recent event the man's message was okay. Mm -hmm. The problem was in the messenger. Yeah. You know, and I correlate it, you know, I've been treated by doctors that had the same condition they were treating me for but it didn't stop them from treating me. Mm -hmm. You have to always understand that the man in the pulpit is just as fallible, has -hmm. the same hypocrisies, Mm -hmm. the same weaknesses that you do. Absolutely. You know, I told this church when I first took it, I'm me. I have my faults. I have my flaws. If that's a problem to you, you need to go find another church, but you're not ever going to find one that's perfect.
1: Right. And if you find one that has someone that presents that perfection, you better run fast as you can.
2: Yep.
3: Heaven wasn't perfect. There was a devil in it. Yeah. You know, that's a very personal what you're saying as far as with the church. That's something that's that's very personal with me Um, because, I mean, when I first moved up here, um, the church that I met my wife at, uh, when things started to come out, it wasn't about the man. I've never been focused on the man. However, when things started to come out, and I remember when God started dealing with me, and it was just something that was, I just couldn't shake it in my spirit that something was wrong, that I, that I knew I, we were getting ready to leave. Uh, my heart, and I guess the sadness that I had, was not that we were leaving the church, but I knew how many people were going to be affected when things started coming out, because the truth of the matter is, especially, you know, and we said it earlier, the majority of the flack that we catch is not going to be from people who are unbelievers. It's gonna be from people that are in the church. That's how it was in the Bible, Old Testament, New Te- Testament. The ones who are unbelievers. That's why. That's why the field is so is is so vast. It's because they're looking for something to believe in. And so when I started getting that flack, and then it hurt because I saw those that were gonna turn away. Chances were outside of you know praying for them. Chances were they were not gonna come back because that that hurt was so deep. You know, because we're dealing with people's souls that are eternal, so that's our hurt that they'll hold on to. And then I was actually, I don't want to say I was ran out the church, but, you know, uh, I was always told by the pastor that I had, that there was a discord between him and I that he sensed. And my, uh, my response was, you know, if both of us as men, we can, you know, we ain't got to agree on everything, but if when we have a discussion if we don't go back to the word, that's, that's the final, whatever we say, whatever our, our opinion is, according to the word, that's how we should, we should go. Mm-hmm. And if we both agree to that, then as God is that third strand, there can be no discord because we're not connected with each other We're we're supposed to be connected with God. And that was not the case. And so it, it literally took to the point where, you know, and, and I said it, I, I was like, look, I'm not saying that your message is wrong. You do a very good job of training people. However, you're training them to look like you, and we're supposed to be looking like Jesus. Yeah. And so that's a, that's, a very, that's a very real subject. So I, I, yeah. I appreciate you t- touching on that because that's.
2: Yeah, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I've told every church I've ever pastored, you know, I'm human. I can mess up. If I go bad, don't go bad with me. Right. Just pray for me. Right. But don't go bad with me.
1: Yeah, following following me because I as I'm following Christ, it it's not that hard to see someone when they stop following Christ. Following Christ doesn't mean I don't have problems. Right. Doesn't mean I don't have problems. It's that yeah, it, in Christ is that if I have problems it's not a problem for me to get down here with the saints and pray or re- ask someone pray for me or come confer with people you know that's
2: the one mind and one accord thing is not about doctrine right the biggest issue in Christianity is who's king if God's king in your life you can have accord but you know, it's like when Jesus went to the Samaritans, you know, they said to him, don't kill our pigs. You come in and do whatever you want to do. Don't kill our pigs. And, and most people that come to God have pigs in their life they don't want Jesus messing with. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't want him messing with them. Yeah. It's like, you know, Alan Hogg's sermon on the king that wears the golden crown. Uh, who's king? Are you king? Is there something in your life that's greater than God? As long as He's number one in our life, we can have one accord. Right. But it takes that kind of focus to have unity.
1: One accord doesn't mean believing exactly alike, and that's—I've heard that. I heard that from the very first when I was a kid. Well, you know, you got to believe like us. That's one accord. But that's not one accord. It's exactly what Bishop just said. It's who's the king.
0: And just to add, just from the church we've been to. It's such a control thing, and you have to do it this way, that way, and you can only come to me for answers. I am the only one that knows what God is saying. I'm the only one that's hearing God. I'm the only one that knows the Spirit. So I'll pray for someone, and then you follow back be- behind me and pray because you have to be the one to do it. And just recently, the Lord just expressed to me, like, Malika, like what I've given you, I've created you for me. And we've been taught so much to give our gifts and give this to man. Give yeah. it to the preacher. Right. Every Sunday you come here, you do this, you do that. Whatever I ask you to do, do it because you're here for me. And you've lately I'm just looking from the outside in, like, why did I do that? Or why do I feel that way? I was having a conversation and I kept rambling on. Was it God-led? Yes, I believe. But there was a point where God was just like, stop, stop, stop. Because you get in a place where, "Oh my gosh, this feels great. Let me just give it and give it and give it." And God's like, "That's my gift. I tell you how to use it, <laughs> when to use it to stop, breaks, go left, go right. But when you overstep and you just start doing your own thing, that's where you get in trouble. So one of the hardest things is not giving myself to man to say, "I'm here, I'm loyal." I can help here. I can do this, and you get burned out, mm-hmm. you know. But God's just like, you were created for me, Malika, right? Not to, not you, not even for myself. Not for you to manage your own gift, you know. So d- the realization now is just, un- I'm glad that God is just opening my understanding. Like, I'm in charge, and just have you been preaching, Pastor Don? I'm, I'm a man. We haven't had that. It's been, I'm the preacher. I'm the head man in charge. (laughs) You come to me, you know. So just to have that liberty Mm -hmm. to know that, okay, God, let me pull back. Let me recognize that you are the one that's sovereign and in control of my life and whatever else you're going to pour out of it.
2: Malika, in the New Testament, when a man was espoused to a woman, he took a trusted friend and placed her with him while he went and earned enough to not go to war and not have to work for a year the first year they were married. And this friend of the bridegroom was to see to her knees to take care of her, but he was never mm-hmm. to try to displace the bridegroom. A lot of pastors and a lot of preachers try to become the bridegroom Instead of just being the friend of the bridegroom, you always have to remember that church is his bride, Mm -hmm. and he loves his bride, and he is going to take his anger out on anybody who tries to supplant his position as bridegroom and not friend of the bridegroom. That's a problem that a lot of pastors make.
1: When I was out in the world, I tried to step between a guy and his girlfriend Not a no they weren't engaged. I just tried to step in between them. One of the worst beatdowns I've ever had. And I can't imagine what it would be like to try to step between Jesus and his bride. Because the Bible tells us he's very jealous of his bride. Very jealous of his bride. His people are his you know, so
2: apple of his eye.
1: Apple of his eye.
2: We
1: Yeah. So you know what I love about the story and we'll end here. What I love about this story is after they got put in prison and let out, they they didn't walk out and show up in the temple, going, "I'm the man." Look at me. I'm back out. I'm on the street again. They do <clears throat> what? They do when Jesus preaching Jesus again. <clears throat> and I think that's where Tabernacle of Praise is right now. I think that's where we're at. We, you know, we're we're at the place where the people of God are just ready to preach Jesus. I can feel it in you. I can, I, you know, there's just a, you know, you hate to use feelings because feelings are very deceiving. So there's a spirit about what's happening here that's growing very powerful. More and more each week, it's growing more and more powerful. And the liberty that you guys are showing, liberty is not the freedom to do whatever. Liberty is the freedom to minister, that the ministry of Jesus can work through you. Like you said, if you step outside of it, God's going to. But the the real real liberty is just the freedom to exercise the ministry. That God's give you, and our ministry is to proclaim the gospel.
2: I was sitting out back, and and sun it was sunset, and the, this flock of birds came over, and they were doing these crazy acrobatic things, and then they'd go off and disappear, and then they'd come back again, and they'd circle, and they'd twist, and they'd turn. I thought, what is going on with these birds? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, this, these are my people. He said, they're going to and fro. They're, they're w- the wind is blowing them here. They're blowing them there. They're turning. They're twisting and turning. They have no idea what they're doing. They're chasing their tails. He said, that's why I'm calling my people, the church, to reach out and do what they're supposed to do because mm. they're lost. And I thought,
1: wow, mm, that's cool. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to stop here. It's six minutes till, y'all. I'm sorry. This is the second week in a row I've done this, and I apologize because I I made you a promise that I wouldn't keep you along, and that's... You need to go to the restroom? Is that... Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: All right. All right.
1: All right. All right. Accepted. Heard and accepted. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. Look forward to a great service. Alyssa, so I want you to I want you to understand as pastor what 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 is being seen and what what the, the experience that's happening. Man, you know, you've heard the old term, the lid's about to blow off. About to blow off. And that's a good lid, not a bad one. Look forward to seeing y'all this weekend.